Welcome to All of You with Madeleine Munro, a space where we explore vulnerable conversations and topics centered around a trauma-informed approach to healing and growth, where we welcome all that we are exactly as we are. Hi, loved ones. Welcome to episode 13 of the All of You podcast with me, Madeleine Munro. It is such a joy to have you here. How are you? It has been a really nourishing and gentle start for the, to the new year for me. I've been practicing wintering. So what this means is, is really taking the time to rest and allow my nervous system to recalibrate as I feel that in our culture, we don't really honor the seasons enough. We don't honor what our body may need naturally and cyclically. And, you know, living in Bali, I often don't see that winter weather. So I don't naturally tend to hibernate too much. So what I realized after living here during the pandemic and then going home after a year and a half back to the UK for summer, I was so tired. I was exhausted. And my coach said to me, I don't think your body's gone through winter for years. I don't think you've actually experienced that deep rest because you live in a tropical place. And so this time over New Year and beginning in January, I'm starting things slowly and gently. This begins with a lot of nervous system regulation, which is why I'm so excited to share this episode with you. And it's a conversation with one of my mentors that's been on before, Catherine Hale, who was my mentor when I first studied sexological bodywork. Uh, she was someone that had studied it and then gone into trauma resolution coaching. And I was really lucky to find her many years ago when I was looking for teachers to help me build my business with sexology. So she's been my mentor for a long time and, and knows me really well. And the reason why I wanted to share this particularly vulnerable episode with you is because I teach around love and sex and intimacy and also money because the way our nervous system is programmed and having now trained in attachment therapy, the way our attachment systems are programmed to hold and to be with certain things in our life is going to be the same across the board. So I started seeing clients where we would work through one area of their life and then, you know, with love or sex and then their relationship with money is also highlighted. And I just really realized the depth of which this goes, how we are attached to different things in our life shows how we work through them and what support we need. So it's not limited to sex and our nervous system is just such an expansive tool for how we relate to everything. I found myself in a really unique position in the last few years in the sense that after I trained in sexological body work, I then coached other students and then I was involved with the UK School of Sexological Bodywork for a number of years coaching students and then leading learning support and then being part of the faculty for sexological bodywork and this is something I went through so when I first started my business I trained to be a practitioner I didn't train to be a businesswoman I didn't know how to handle or create or generate money all I wanted to do was help and serve. That's all I wanted to do. So therefore running a business was a bit of a shock because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have the skills or yeah, even the like huge business desire. It's like, it wasn't, didn't turn me on. It wasn't why I got into my work to run a business. I got into my work because I saw how healing the nervous system in this way and understanding sexology 
in this really unique trauma-informed compassionate way changes lives and it's how it changed my life I didn't know how to generate passive income or different accounts I needed and all these other really practical pieces and so then working with students over four years when I was teaching sexual body work it really gave me an insight into the business challenges that practitioners go through and then the money challenges. And I was super lucky that I worked with Catherine over years so that I could heal my money stuff. Because when I first started this work, I just didn't even realize I had money trauma. It just I just didn't even know that. And it was only then when I became self-employed, and I love this quote that I always come back to when I'm working with practitioners, is that running a business or following our purpose is one of the biggest initiations in personal development we'll ever go through because our relationship with money, worth, safety, security is all then under the spotlight. And it's a huge portal to go through when we start to set up our lives around our purpose and live that soul-led life. And so going through this myself and then working through it with practitioners has been such an incredible initiation and such an eye-opening journey to really understand the science between love, sex, money, and our nervous system and these key pieces and these key areas in our life and why they are all so similar. And so this episode, we really talk about some of my money pieces that came up. And let me tell you, I was in such freeze and flight around money. And I'm laughing because, yeah, it was intense. I just did not know how to handle money. I didn't know how to create money. I didn't know what to do when I had the money. I spent money carelessly. I leaked money, had poor money boundaries. So I had to get really intimate with money. And then when I started to have more money, I realized it wasn't necessarily money that was going to make me happy. And I had to go on a deeper journey of what money and success meant to me and what are my core facets in life. And so I'm really looking forward to you to hearing this episode so you can really hear this sustainable approach to money. Because now what I'm seeing in the coaching industry is a lot of people promising hooks of money coaching through uh, marketing such as like, 10k months within three months you know like I can help you reach 100k in six months and I would have paid that I would have paid whatever money I had in my account a few years ago if someone had promised me those kind of figures and I actually did with one coach they promised me 10k months within like six weeks and within a couple of weeks I realized that this person did not know how to actually coach or the depth of money, trauma and money stored within our nervous system and our subconscious. And that I'd actually been sold on marketing and sales and it was just a false promise. And I see this a lot on Instagram, these selling techniques around money in this way. So I am so honored to share this conversation with Catherine because when I was in that place of desperation with money, I would have paid Catherine or anyone and I did uh money just so they could promise me the results like business results oh my gosh I don't know how to do business someone help me and instead when I was in that place Catherine was the one that said okay let's look at where your nervous system at actually you are in a trauma response with money right now let's bring you into regulation first and then let's curate and take aligned action from this place so that you can be empowered with money and it was the first time anyone had paused and not 
taken the money that I wanted to like throw at them. If that makes sense, I would have just thrown money to find solutions at that point because the way my nervous system was wired around money. And so having someone sit me down and even explain that pattern to me was just life-changing. And it was transformational to see all my behavior patterns with money. And, and I'm still learning and growing, expanding and noticing where leakiness is or where my blocks are, where my beliefs are, where the, the responses of the trauma is still in my system around money and how it shows up. And it, having that approach has just been such a gift. So I hope that as you're listening to this, you can be with this different approach to money, that it doesn't have to be around sales and figures and numbers. And actually when we rewire our nervous system and we understand money intimacy, you know, because if, and this is what I share on the podcast when Catherine asked me, you know, if money was your lover, how'd be treating it? And I was like, oh gosh, there we go. You know, if money was a person, if money was a partner, if our business was a partner, all these pieces, these key things of how we are attached to this thing in our life teaches us more about it than teaches us how to have a more empowered relationship with it. So love, sex, money, all of them can be transformed and up-leveled and elevated through rewiring our nervous system to be in a different relationship with them. So let me know what you think. I cannot wait for you to listen and hear all your thoughts and insights. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining today for this podcast. It's a real honor to have you back. I feel so grateful to have you on in particular because you have been a real pillar in my own journey with money. And something that has kept me reinvesting in you is that where I was at a point in my money journey where I would have almost thrown money at coaches to help me earn more, you helped me to understand that that was actually my nervous system playing out a pattern. And you helped me to get to the root of that through our work together, whether other money coaches may have just received my money. And I had other money coaches who promised me like, oh, yeah, you can make 10K in three months. You can make 50K in a year and would just take my money because of that. Whereas you actually helped me to see my money patterns and build a different relationship with money and build wealth in this way which felt totally revolutionary in a market of people who wanted to take it and then just promise me results. Mm. So I feel deeply grateful for that teaching from you. Mm. Oh, well, I'm so touched. That's, that's how we're starting this conversation. Yeah, I mean, you've described exactly how I like to work with people, which is helping them see the patterns that they have around the relationship to money. I mean, what you were describing there is a pattern of hyperspending, right? It's like mm-hmm. something, there's an emergency going on at the level of the nervous system because there isn't money coming in. So mm-hmm. it feels like a life-threatening situation and I have to do something immediately to resolve that situation. And I'm going to go into patterns of hyperspending and get kind of sucked into the allure and promises offered by other coaches who are going to tell me that I'm going to be able to solve this problem. And really what we see with those I mean, I don't want to kind of like discredit other coaches here, but, you know, what you're describing in the patterning there of how other people have offered to work with you is that they are also sucked into this pattern of capitalism, right? And self-extraction and exploitation, right? Yeah. And this feels so poignant and it's so beautiful that you've even named the nervous system response there in what I was playing out. 
So I would love to hear more about, because I'm aware of the depth of teaching and how it's changed my life in an, an embodied way. And I think I even put, shared with you recently that I had the most profitable week of my business recently. Mm-hmm. And that was like years of us working and sustainably tending to what was coming up in my system. And so I would love us to share with listeners, like how the science of the nervous system impacts our relationship with money and wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Okay, well, I'll try to be as succinct as possible. I could talk for like several hours on this topic, right? Yeah, I feel like this is actually, it's such a big part of your incredible program, Receive. So like just honoring the bigness of this topic yeah. and just how it can show up for us because how it showed up for me in that hyperspending from that trauma response of the scarcity, lack, life-threatening situation of not having money coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, the nervous system is kind of what underpins everything for us, right? So when the nervous system is in ease, then our behaviors, our physiology, our thinking will also be easeful, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll probably feel like spacious in the body, we'll have positive thoughts, and we will behave in ways that correspond with that, right? Mm -hmm. I see, because the nervous system's job is to keep us alive. Its own inbuilt threat detection system, right? That's unique to you based on your life experiences, based on your conditioning. And so, you know, we navigate through life with a nervous system that's kind of scanning the environment and looking out for danger. And then it will respond accordingly to that danger in the environment. Your listeners have probably heard of the like fight, flight, freeze response, right? And so those are emergency responses that the nervous system deploys according to the level of threat it perceives within its environment. And we need to have that functionality within the nervous system. We don't want to get rid of fight, flight, freeze responses. That would make us really unsafe, right? Because mm-hmm. we wouldn't step out of the way of a car moving towards us, for example. Yeah. So the nervous system is essential and the way it operates is important. The problem is, is that because of our early experiences, because of developmental trauma, because of societal conditioning, the nervous system gets wired incorrectly. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm using that word kind of with inverted commons, but it gets wired in a way that we respond to things that we perceive a threatening which aren't actually threatening to us, mm-hmm. right? So we have this like nervous system that can end up being like hypersensitive mm-hmm. to its environment, hypersensitive to people. Now you bring money into the equation with the nervous system. If you think about kind of the energetic system in the body, money's connected to survival because that's how we operate in this world at this current time. We need mm-hmm. money in order to pay our bills. There's no way around that at the current time. Now, some of us may have more access to money than others. We may have a support network around us. Some of us may be riding it solo, right? But we need money in order to survive. We need money to pay the bills. We need money to pay the rent. We need money to pay for food. So money can be the biggest trigger to our nervous system because it comes into that survival place. And when I feel that in my body, it's kind of like base chakra energy. It's kind of like, you know, perineum, anus, vagina, kind of like clenching up, right? 
if I feel fearful about money. And so it's super understandable that most of us have a very complex relationship with money because of its connection to survival. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us have not grown up in environments where there's a healthy relationship to money. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We take on kind of our family's conditioning around money. And so that's kind of like at a personal level. And systemically, we live in a time of capitalism. And basically, the way that capitalism operates in relationship to money is scarcity. It's lack. It's like there's not enough to go around. And so you've got to act in ways where, so you've got to like hoard money to keep hold of it. Or you've got to like hustle like mad to make money mm-hmm. so that you've got enough to be able to survive, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we're working at the level of money and we're working at my, with money at the level of the nervous system, we need to be super aware that this isn't just our own personal story that we're unpacking, right? We're born into this collective soup of, well, it's highly traumatized soup, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of all these systems of oppression, Mm-hmm. and how they relate to us and how they relate to our relationship with money. And so if somebody kind of promises you, hey, you know, you're going to start earning 10K months when you've been earning 1K months for the last year, then the only way in which that could be possible is to move into hustle, is to move into extraction of self and others. It's highly unlikely that your nervous system is going to heal at the speed where you could change from 1K months to 10K months within a few months, right? Yeah. And so we see a lot of these promises out there that are not grounded within nervous system science and mm-hmm. actually take us further into states of dysregulation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, the Receive program, which you're supporting me on, and, you know, the work that we've done together has been an inspiration for that program really kind of like takes us back into how do we create the nervous system healing? How do we unravel these emergency responses so that we can actually come into expansion? Mm. And I'm not saying that we can't shift from 1K to 10K. It's totally, totally, totally possible. But we have to create the nervous system capacity to be able to do that. Without Mm. creating that capacity, which we could call like it's foundational, So without Mm. creating that initially, all we're doing is trying to expand in a container that's not big enough for that expansion. So we're going to get to a point somewhere where we're going to collapse again Mm -hmm. because the the container size isn't proportional to the expansion that we desire. This reminds me of work with attachment therapy of when working with clients and intimacy when they may not feel sensation in their body mm-hmm. and then want to have full body orgasms instantly. Yeah. And it's like titration, like it's going, allowing that expansion within the nervous system so that can happen and it's possible and it's doable. And it takes time and a really sustainable approach of doing it in a way in which the nervous system can hold that expansion rather than the flip-flop patterning that we can see between expansion and collapse. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned something there around 
when our nervous system actually isn't on board and we're trying to change our money patterns without the physiology of our body being present, but perhaps from a mindset such as, and you said, hustle or hoarding. Mm. So I would love to know more about if perhaps people are listening around, oh, actually, am I trying to hustle and where they may see the signs? And because there's this idea of, you know, that we may need to work harder mm. and like that then we'll earn more money and mm. how you would address that. Yeah. So look, we're all taught to hustle through our education system, right? Get higher grades, work more, be better, be smarter, right? So by the time we kind of come to our working life, whether that's employment or self-employment, then we're already wired to hustle, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, that's supported by the systems that we live in. So an example of how that might look in your business is let's say you've kind of got a new group program, right? Mm -hmm. And you're putting it out there and you're trying to call people into it and no one's signing up so far, right? And you start to feel a bit panicked. That panic could indicate a number of different things. So it could be like, oh my God, no one's going to sign up. I'm not going to make any money. Therefore, I'm not going to have any food and I'm going to die, right? That's kind of like the logic that that thought pattern goes down. Or, you know, it could be like, oh, I'm doing this and then no one's going to sign up and everyone's going to see the fraud that I am and my identity and my belonging is going to be impacted because I'm no longer going to belong in this community as a coach because people are going to see how terrible I am, right? Mm -hmm. Our nervous system starts to get activated, and if we get activated into a fight, flight, so a sympathetic nervous system under threat response, then we mobilize energy. So we'll get cortisol being released. Adrenaline and cortisol are re released. They're the stress hormones, which are kind of like, come on, let's do some more. So we all get up earlier in the morning. We'll work longer hours. We'll, you know, we're like, oh, right. And I'll try this next strategy right? That's often what will happen. We'll start just pulling strategies that we see advertised on social media. Oh, I'll try this thing. I'll try that thing. And so our kind of launch for our program becomes highly chaotic, right? Mm. Because there isn't a kind of overriding strategy to it. We're trying this, we're trying that, and it's all getting very bitty and very messy and still no one's signing up. And mm. so we speed up even more and we're kind of panicking by that point. And all of our self-care practices have fallen away because we're in this like momentum of needing to do more. And I liken it to like the hamster in the wheel, right? It's like spin, 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 spin. You know, we can maintain that spin. We can maintain that mobilization for extended periods of time. You know, that can be how some of us live our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Until we get to the crash. Yeah. And that yeah. crash could be like, you know, just a kind of a brief collapse into immobility, into the freeze response, mm. or it could be a major burnout, Yeah. right? Mm. Depending on how long we've been in that spin for. Mm. You see, the nervous system is highly intelligent. And when we kind of get flooded with mobility, with mobilizing energy, we essentially have two breaks in the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So the first is the vagal break, 
and the vagal break is connected to the heart. And essentially what the vagal break does is like, okay, I'm getting a bit anxious here, but I'm going to go and kind of do some breath practices to calm myself right down again, right? I have access to that still in this moment. And there's like a slowing down. There'll be a kind of grounding back in, a reconnection to self and other. And things are like, it's okay. It's okay. I can kind of do this. I've got support around me. But many of us don't have healthy access to vagal, the vagal break, right? And so the vagal break just doesn't come on effectively. And so our nervous system gets flooded with this sympathetic activation. I've got to do more. I've got to earn more money. Push, 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 push. And so it's only other option when it reaches kind of capacity of that sympathetic energy is to slam on the dorsal brake. And the dorsal brake takes us down into freeze, right? Which is collapse, which is shutdown, which is depression, which is I can't, which is shame. And so sometimes when you see people who've kind of, you know, gone into the burnout response, they're deeply within that dorsal part of the nervous system. And it can take quite some healing to pull yourself back out of that place. Yeah. Yeah. And I was smiling as you shared that piece because it reminds me of a session that we had, gosh, it must have been about a year ago now, where I think I said to you, oh no, like my business is doing worse than it has done. And I had my spreadsheet up and I was thinking, oh no, can I do it? And and like what's happened this month? And then instead of going straight to the numbers with me and working out the strategy, we did a nervous system practice to bring me back into ventral. Mm-hmm. And looking at the same screen, the same numbers, I was like, oh, actually it's totally fine. And this is what was expected. And I can see this is actually totally doable. And this is why it's not made so much. And this is where I am. And that was such a affirmative point of realizing the full force of the lens of which we see the world is really through our nervous system. And that was such mm-hmm. a poignant moment mm-hmm. that perhaps if I'd been in a different container, someone would have gone straight to the strategy without tending to that, that I was in freeze or dorsal at that point. So yeah. I was in a place of, I can't, mm-hmm. and it, I failed. I can't, and feeling that in my system. Yeah, I remember that session quite well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And exactly, mm-hmm. the nervous system acts as a lens through which we experience life. So the more yeah. we can orientate ourselves to that place of regulation, it's regulation, but it's hope, it's joy, it's love, it's positivity. And, you know, here's the thing, is that capitalism also wants us to believe that we're doing this by ourselves, right? That we're in this, we're on our own. And especially if you're an entrepreneur working by yourself, that can feel really real, right? But when we're in ventral vagus, you know, I call that like the place in the nervous system where receptivity happens most, right? When we're in that place, we can also reach out to others for support and we can network and we can find kind of like community. We can find people who we want to work together with, right? And it's like, oh, I don't have to shoulder the burden of doing this by myself anymore. I can work in collaboration with others to create money, right? To receive money. Yeah, that importance of co-regulation within our money relationship. Yeah. 
And this feels like a really important resource that's available in the Receive program. Mm. And I've shared a bit about the Receive program in, in the intro, but this is a really incredible program for women. Yeah, it's over three months that Catherine runs and I support her on around increasing your wealth, uh, expanding your wealth. And this feels like such a great anchor of us as a container moving through the money pieces in community. Mm-hmm. And then what I've seen so much of is the power of healing these pieces together. So I've learned so much from other people in the group just by witnessing their experience mm-hmm. and the power of that and the importance of that when we're taught the opposite from the capitalist society. Yeah. Well, firstly, I'd love to know what inspired you to bring this group to container because then where we've worked together for years in different modalities and different niches And I would love to hear how the inception of this program came about. Hmm. Well, I mean, really with my one-to-one work that I was doing, so you were one of those people that I was working with on this topic of money and my own personal healing journey with my healing and expansion journey with money. As I was going through menopause, um, Mm -hmm. perimenopause and menopause, what became very, very, very clear to me was that I had a problem with receiving. And you see, because what happens as you go through menopause is that estrogen, which is like the hormone of accommodation, drops away, right? It decreases over that time. And, you know, most women, and I certainly realized that I didn't have the capacity that I used to have because I'd basically been running my life on estrogen. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can take that on. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You know, being the kind of like archetypal mother right? Who could hold everything and be everything and be in service all the time. So as that dropped away, I began to feel firstly quite resentful that I wasn't receiving and realized that I had to do something quite radical to change that. Because, you know, as you go through the kind of bumpy journey or the bumpy initiation of perimenopause, the stability that the hormones held for you or holds for us falls away. And so everything that's not working comes up big time. So it's like, mm, you've got a problem with receiving. It's going to be like really in your face. It's going to be like enormous, the feelings around that. And I could see this happening with lots of my peer group as well, who were going through menopause at the same time. It's just like, I'm done. I'm like, I'm totally depleted. I'm done. There's nothing left. The barrel is so beyond empty. And so I started exploring, you know, that relationship to receptivity and looking at it through the developmental trauma lens and understanding like, well, why isn't receptivity online for a lot of women? Certainly the hormonal piece holds us up, but the developmental trauma piece is also there. And so as we go through infancy, we go through a sequence of knowing what we need, reaching out for what we need, receiving what we need. And I could see with a lot of clients that I was working with, not necessarily with money, but, you know, across the board. And this is right back from my early work in Tantra and sexuality right through to where I am now. That somewhere along that developmental sequence, there would be a gap. So there'd be those people who are like, I don't know what I need. So they were kind of stuck at the beginning of stage. Right. There were those who were like, well, I know what I need, but it feels too risky to ask for it. And then there were those who were like, well, I know what I need and I can ask for it. But when it comes in, it's just like, it just doesn't land. So seeing that piece and then seeing the hormonal piece 
and kind of bringing the two together really gave me a sense of how do we as women actually experience our relationship to money. So the Receive program was born from the understanding of the the piece around receptivity. So the piece around like the developmental trauma where we get stuck, the piece around how estrogen plays such a significant role in our receptivity, and then how the nervous system fits into this as well. Mm. And so, you know, what we're doing on the program really is building nervous system capacity, healing what comes up for us, building nervous system capacity, resilience, strength at that level. But we're also like unpacking all of the kind of historical threads that have brought us to the point that we currently are, right? So we'll be looking at like the ancestral thread. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I look back across my ancestral line, you know, there was a point when my mum got married to my dad in the, I guess, late 60s. You know, there were so many assumptions made around the money relationship, which was like he had the money and he gave her access to some of that money. And there was a joint bank account and she couldn't have her own bank account. You know, and if I take it back a generation prior to that and I look at my grandparents and their relationship with money, you know, my grandmother had no idea when it came to money. When, when my grandfather died, you know, when they were, you know, she was in her 80s and he was in his 90s, she had zero idea with money. Mm-hmm. No sense of money management whatsoever. She'd got to be in her 80s and there was no money relationship there, Right. And that's born from, you know, a system that separated women from having access to money historically, right? And the only way women had access to money was to get married. And all of the kind of like trauma that that's created. So on the Receive program, we kind of go back through our ancestral lines. We start unpacking these historical relationships with money, which are in our DNA. And so we can begin to start finding safety in the relationship with money yeah and you know here's the thing i've been talking about relationship with money and i want to explain why i'm saying that because when we put money into the relational container when we view it through a relational lens what we begin to start looking at is attachment right attachment theory comes in and we can see that how we relate to money shows up in our other relationships that we have right so it's like is the relationship with money is it secure or is it an insecure relationship or is it a combination of both right are we moving in and out of secure and insecure and if it's insecure what attachment style is coming up for us mm-hmm. no are we avoidant so an avoidant attachment style with money might look like basically not going near it. Like, I'm not going to go and do my budgets. I'm not going to do my end of month accounts. I'm going to be in a bit of kind of hypo. So the hypo is a bit of a freeze response in my relationship to money. I'm going to be dismissive because actually in this place, I don't know how to get my needs met. Yeah. Or I'll be more in a hyper attachment to money. So where we've got a high level of anxiety in the relationship. And that might look like counting every penny right? And constantly like, oh my God, is there enough? Is there enough? Is there enough? Is there enough? And of course, that's driven by the mechanism of scarcity as well. 
So you're beginning to see how all these pieces actually fit together. Yeah. And so when we view it relationally, we can actually start to change the nature of the relationship that we have with money from insecure to secure. Mm-hmm. That feeling of like money's got my back. Even if the money hasn't flowed in this last week, I know that money's got my back. I can mm. rest into that knowing. Ah, oh, my nervous system relaxes into that and I have a sense of well-being, peace and ease. Mm. Yeah, this is so powerful. As I remember, two questions that you asked me that were particularly transformative have been, yeah, if money was your partner, how would that look? Like how would that look and feel like? And then really seeing it through that aspect of how I treat money, what I expect from money, how I think money shows up, all these pieces of seeing it in in a relational way. And yeah, how helpful that was for me to get to the depth of my patterns rather than thinking I needed to imply steps one to three and more money would come in. Hmm. Yeah. And that reminds me of the second question of, you asked me once, do you feel supported by money or do you feel like your business can support you and this was a light bulb moment yeah a few years ago when I thought oh my gosh do I and then I was noticing how my codependent patterns play out with money and as they do in my relationships well I can't don't feel like I can receive it can feel too vulnerable mm-hmm. and where I can overgive and not take care of my boundaries and just it was like just matching the two up and really seeing that and taking the time and also what I appreciate about how we work together is the integration period. So like noticing these patterns and not needing to fix everything right now, building mm-hmm. the awareness of it, then integrating it and then and resourcing and then tending to the relational changes at the right pace, my nervous system. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, we need to when we're working with the nervous system, you see the nervous system, it wants to create safety for us. It wants to feel safe. And familiarity feels safe, even if that familiarity creates situations that feel like heartbreaking or really uncomfortable for us, right? The nervous system will just keep guiding us to keep recreating situations in our life. And so with the rewiring of the nervous system, People often use this sense of reset, and I don't like that because reset implies that you can press a button and everything just boots back up and it's a whole new system, right? We are rewiring, going in and creating new neural pathways. And so from a neurological perspective, the pathways that we have that create the results that we're not happy with have been well-worn in. They're like these grooves, right? Neural grooves. And so they're so well established that we just keep going down them. When we're rewiring, we have to create a new pathway and we have to keep rewalking that new pathway again and again and again, right? Until that becomes the well-worn groove. And here's the magic thing about our neurology is that these old pathways, as long as we don't use them, they actually do fall away. There's something called synaptic pruning, which happens when we're sleeping. And you can imagine these like, well, this is my imagery of it. It's like these little gardeners that come in with these garden shears and just cut away these old pathways that don't work for us anymore. But if we're using them, they're not going to cut them away. So we have to, through repetition, keep walking down these new pathways. 
And this is something where a lot of people fall flat with doing this type of work is they don't do the repetition. They think it's a one-time fix because really that's what's sold out there in the healing and coaching community is that you do this one thing and everything's going to be fine. That doesn't take into account the intelligence of our neurology. It actually shows a lack of awareness of our neurology. And so, you know, we need to go into this place of repetition around these patterns so that we can then open up a whole new reality for ourselves, a whole new place of possibility, a whole new place of creativity and potentiality around our relationship to money. Yeah. Wow. It reminds me of when I've emailed you around what response I've come up with my and you just said, oh, this is a familiar place for you, isn't it? You know, and so those listening, mine tends to be freeze mm-hmm. and hypo. That's why I would love to perhaps ask you, because also money can be really coupled with shame. Yeah. That's what I learned on the journey of, oh, the shame. And so it's like we've got the belonging with money and we've got the survival with money and the worth. So these kind of key things that we need to feel safe. When I came actually into relationship with money more, so it's almost, yeah, so with this healing journey, it's like ignorance is almost bliss. Mm-hmm. So for a while, it's like, oh, yeah, just uh, feathering away or not investing properly or not quite not knowing what's going on. And then the more I came into relationship, I was like, oh, it's like realizing when you heal from a breakup or something, like, ah, oh, that really hurts. Or I have shame or remorse or grief about this relationship. So for those listening that may also feel perhaps shame come up in terms of money, how would you recommend working with these kind of tender emotions that can arise? Yeah. So look, shame can show up at two ends of the spectrum. Shame can show up because we have not enough money and we're struggling to create money in our lives. Shame can show up because we have too much money, right? Mm. And I don't want to be seen with too much because therefore I'm going to be judged by other people as being Mm. a capitalist, for example, right? Mm. And so shame maps onto the dorsal branch of the vagus nerve. So it's the hypo response in the nervous system. The language of shame is I can't, don't see me, right? Don't look at me. And it's obviously it's a protective mechanism. And so when we find shame arising within ourselves, then the tendency is kind of within our posture and physiology is to come into this. We're like, I'm I'm demonstrating it now, like this kind of collapsed, like Mm -hmm. shoulders rounding, eyes down. We don't want eye contact. We're going into massive immobility and disconnection. Mm -hmm. And so the antidote to shame is connection. And, you know, what I use, as you've experienced many times in our in our sessions together, is that, you know, when someone's going into a hypo response, a shame response, is to bring in external support. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is like calling in like an archetypal figure, for example, a place in nature, an animal, a spirit guide who can be with you whilst you're experiencing the shame. It might be like um, an archetypal parental figure that gets called in like a divine parental figure that gets called in because you know when we're in connection the shame has chance to dissipate Mm -hmm. and usually what shows up with shame when we're in it is um the critic yeah they're like bedfellows right and so you know we need to like have strategies for working with the critic as well when that comes in 
And so often that needs just like kindness, compassion, like a really soothing voice, like it's okay, you're doing your best, right? Mm -hmm. So we can, again, call in a figure, archetypally or otherwise, that can hold those energies for us and offer us that kindness. Yeah, just pausing with this as I just feel the impact of um, the tapestry that you've shared about and how it's in an embodied way really transformed my relationship with money. Mm. Like just the complexity of it and sitting with the different, it's like the thawing out of the freeze within my system and then feeling the shame, feeling the inner critic. And that's where I could be stuck in that, that loop of like, yeah, that comes from what you spoke about earlier around being in a capitalist society and then feeling like I need to be an overachiever to succeed. So having these almost unmeetable standards Mm -hmm. that would then perpetuate the hyper response, which would take me into hypo. And so, yeah, just sat here, yeah, in the deep appreciation of the tenderness and the depth of the journeys that we've gone to. Yeah, because as you know, and, and I've been sharing quite vulnerably already, but you know, there were times in my journey where I could barely talk to you about money. Mm. There were times when it felt so triggering and so shameful to even share with you what was going on with my relationship with money and having you sit with me and and be able to co-regulate with you and unpack these layers. And yeah, as you've shared, you know, the ancestral pieces, the pieces that are stored in my system from this, my parents, society or who I think I should be my relationship to business my relationship to love attachment Mm -hmm. and being in the complexity of that and being held in it and then the repetition and being with the building the nervous system resiliency to keep meeting it because Mm -hmm. that's what I've noticed in our relationship where I would want to almost stop Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like oh no I can notice freeze coming again I just want to sit here I don't, I don't, it's familiar. I want to lean into it mm-hmm. and having that awareness to know that what familiar isn't actually always what's right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Famili- for that familiarity is kind of registered as safe at the nervous system level. And so to facilitate change, we've got to kind of like trick the nervous system, right? Because the nervous system is like, I'm quite happy where I am. This is like feeling safe for me. And so we have to kind of trick it. And we do that by making the changes slowly, incrementally. I mean, you've used the word titration. And so just to explain what that means to the listeners is it's a term that was used by um, Peter Levine from Somatic Experiencing. And it's, it's taken from chemistry. And it means like taking one small drop of one substance and placing it in another substance and just seeing what happens And so when that comes to working with our nervous systems, we go into that place where it's challenging and difficult. We feel a little bit of it and then we can come back out of it again and come back into regulation. But, you know, working at the nervous system level isn't catharsis, right? It's not jumping in at the deep end without your armbands on because that just creates dysregulation in the nervous system. It's coming in, feeling a little bit, coming back out again. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've explained this because I feel like this highlights uh, perhaps where you know where you said where people can fall flat. So the catharsis where that just creates more nervous system dysregulation, but may feel good because endorphins are released, mm-hmm. or the other of like only mindset strategy with money. Yeah, yeah. Which so like avoidance by being just in the head about something. Yeah. And so yeah, this is something you explained quite early on uh, for me in our journey of why mindset 
strategy around money doesn't work and I would love us to share it with people because it feels like that's such a model that's taught that you can just read a book mm-hmm. and you're going to be a millionaire you know how many books yeah. try or try to tell us that it just can be it's all in the mind yeah yeah which is such a shame because I can feel like it can, it can gaslight people when or it can create further shame when we realize there aren't results but we're told there should be results for mindset work exactly exactly so you know what mindset work doesn't understand is that is the role that the nervous system plays so you know the way i understand it is that we start with the nervous system and everything mm-hmm. arises from there so our thoughts our feelings and our behaviors arise from the state that the nervous system is currently in mm-hmm. and so working with money at a mindset level is working with our thoughts and our behavior. It doesn't take into account any of the somatic influences of which far outweigh any of the cognitive processes. We've talked about like a vagus nerve and the importance of the vagus nerve as as part of understanding the nervous system. So the vagus nerve is essentially a channel of communication between brain and body. And it comes down and it connects the heart, as I said before, but it's also subdiaphragmatic as well. So it connects all the viscera, it connects to all the organs, and it communicates information from the body up to the brain. We could say that this information highway is bidirectional. So there's information that comes down from the brain and there's information that comes up from the body. But if we think about this proportionally, actually, there's only 20% information coming down and 80% information coming up from the body to the brain. And so what that points to is that what's happening somatically has a far greater influence on what's happening cognitively dropping down into the body. And so, you know, if we only work at the mindset level, we're going to be constantly trying to override somatic information. The body might be signaling, this is really scary. We're moving too fast here. And we're like, no, no, no. But like the theory tells me that I need to do this, 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 and this to be able to kind of strive and push forwards. So I'm going to do that. But in the action of doing that, we're creating more dysregulation because we're activating the sympathetic nervous system. And actually what we're going to create is a feedback loop where we're going to create more sympathetic activation in our systems. Is this making sense? Yeah, total sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, whilst it's good to have a cognitive sense of what needs to happen in changing the relationship to money, it's like it's good to have a cognitive map of that territory and the steps that we might need to take. If we don't bring the body if we don't bring the soma, if we don't bring the nervous system into that, then we are creating a disconnect between our felt sense of safety and our actions and behaviors and thinking. And guess where that's going to take us? Into deeper states of dysregulation and less safety. I keep bringing back to the learnings that you've taught me, but they just keep landing as we talk about this this topic. This reminds you of when I've been dysregulated about money with you. And instead of diving right in, it's coming back to my resource. And even when we had some home practice with some spreadsheets and 
it was like the, the foremost thing was to resource before it. So bringing the body online and finding that sense of safety and then going towards, you know, as we spoke about titrating that piece that may be difficult or activating. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hearing, in, which relates to my own experience and through your great explanation, is that actually when we approach money mindset and aren't connected to the body, it can create further dysregulation because of the dissonance that's going on mm-hmm. between our mind and our body. And then actually that can almost take us backwards because it can create more shame of why are we not achieving these results? Mm-hmm. Why does this resonate with me? It says on page 57 that I should be feeling this, but my body feels differently. Yeah. And it actually takes us into self-extraction, yeah. extraction of others and more hustle culture behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you talk about self-extraction, could you please share a bit more about this just for lists that might not, so that they can identify it? Because I feel like it's such sure. a conversation that we're, we're like wired to do without even realizing. Yeah. So self-extraction is taking more from yourself than you have capacity for. So that could look like working longer hours than you actually have capacity for. And the reason you're working longer hours is because you're trying to make money. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I'm not going to take a lunch break. I'm going to work until nine o'clock this evening. And it's like the body doesn't actually have capacity for that. And if you repeatedly do that, then you are repeatedly taking more than you actually have resources for. So you're extracting more from yourself than you actually have capacity for. And usually when you're self extracting, you're also other extracting. Yeah. Yeah. So those people around you will also be doing that behavior, mm-hmm. hustling, forcing. I mean, I remember, you know, working way back when I was a teacher, right, in the inner city London schools. And the culture was so based on extraction, extraction from the teachers, extraction from the children. You know, the system was just completely broken and everybody in the system was depleted and exhausted. But, you know, we see this everywhere. And actually, we see that being celebrated in our culture look how hard you've worked you get a pat on the back for that Mm -hmm. rather than like hey you've actually gone way beyond your capacity you need to stop and pause and have a rest now yeah yeah and this is something that you beautifully teach through the receive program something that I love about it is that we have three calls and then an integration Mm -hmm. week and allowing things to percolate and land and you have a call for the Q&A and some of the teachers are recording so we can digest them at their own pace. This this course is created on the structure of us being allowed to go at the pace of our own nervous systems and rewiring it, our relationship with the course and money or like work and healing in a different way in itself. Yeah, exactly. What's often missing for people is the sense of rhythm in their Mm -hmm. lives. There's often like, what I've seen over the years of working with clients is there's either kind of a pattern that's really chaotic Mm -hmm. or there's a pattern where there's like a lot of collapse that happens. And, you know, we're rhythmic beings. We live in a world where there are natural rhythms around us. There's day and there's night. There's the seasons. There's the tides that ebb and flow. We're meant to be rhythmic in the way in which we live. And yet what I see largely in the population of people that I've worked with is a lack of rhythm. 
So there's either this like I'm in the hamster wheel and I'm spinning or I'm in a state of collapse. And what we're looking to do and what I've created on the program is a rhythm, right? It's like, this is how we're going to start. This is how we're going to move through the program. And we're going to encounter this and we're going to encounter that. We're going to encounter the other and then we're going to pause and we're going to integrate and we're going to rest and we're going to digest. So we get to experience ourselves in all the different places of the nervous system in safety. Sympathetic nervous system, when there's safety present, is action and doing. So we get to be there. We get to experience that place of ventral vagus. We're here, we're together, and we're opening to receive. And we get to experience that place of parasympathetic safety, which is I'm going to kind of rest and digest. Mm -hmm. This is some time just to pause. And it's not catch up time. It's true integration time. Do I want to journal what's what I've experienced at this point? All of the material on the course is available for a year. Mm. It's like whilst the kind of holding of the container is three months, it's actually like a year long course, right? You have access to all of the material over that time. Mm. And so there's that opportunity for repetition to revisit things again and again. So I'm guiding people away from this like, come here, we're going to get fixed in three months and then you go off and do the next thing into let's have an immersive experience here together. Let's move through this material in a new way. Let's digest it in a different way together. Let's really kind of create this rhythm that feels deeply nourishing for us. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it builds that secure attachment with ourselves that real secure attachment and not self-abandoning for, it doesn't allow space for that staff extraction within the program because of the pace of it. Yeah, exactly. And and I really love the unfolding of the content, getting to know myself deeper and going into this immersive experience. Amongst the four modules, you've called them reclaim, reveal, receive, and restructure. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know more about why you ordered it in this way Mm -hmm. and, and what are the benefits of this? Yeah. We've got to bring awareness to what the patterns are to begin with. We've got to be able to kind of see the landscape that we're in, but we need to be able to do that from a place of enough regulation in our nervous system. So that's kind of like the beginning of the journey. Once we can then see what the patterns are, then we have an opportunity to come in and create some of those lasting changes at a nervous system level that allow us to, I mean, essentially, The crux of the program is learning to find the safety that allows us to open to receive. Because my fundamental belief is that we live in abundance, that there is more than enough to go around, that we live within this kind of like matrix where if we see money as energy, that it flows through this matrix to us Mm -hmm. and that there is an abundance of it available to us. So we've got to find the safety so that we can open to receive. And then, you know, we need to look at on a kind of like strategy level, on a systems level within our business, how is our business open to receive and where is it not open to receive? And that can be as fundamental as not having a proper booking system on your website for someone to book a discovery call with you, right? That's a block to receiving, right? It could be kind of having like 
a really clunky system for money coming into your business. I see this time and time again with people when I book on workshops and courses, you know, there isn't a click pay now option. It's like, no, you need to email me and then you need to get my bank account and then you need to make a payment. It's just like, really? Like, that's like a major block to receptivity because you're asking people to jump through so many hoops in order for you to be able to receive something, right? So we begin to kind of like look at those kind of fundamental pieces within the business that need to shift and change. And it might be like, you know, getting a new accountant. It might be like looking at bookkeeping software. It might be like looking at like forecasting in your business, creating a financial plan for the next six months. Like, where are you actually going to be earning your money? I mean, that's a really interesting question to ask people. You know, often they don't know. How many people do you need to join your course, paying what rate in order for you to reach your financial target by the end of the year? Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't happen, what are you going to put into place to create more revenue in your business? And so, you know, we need to kind of look at those kind of like real like nuts and bolts pieces of business management, kind of like money management, essentially, to ensure that we actually do have a higher level of receptivity in our business. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing these pieces and really resonating with this guidance that you've given and how much it's transformed my relationship with money and receiving in my business. And Mm -hmm really feeling the benefits of that and something I especially appreciate about you is is holding the nuance of it all so the delicate nature of the shame our patterns as well as the paradigm of abundance mm-hmm. and because I can often see it being you know we live in abundance and then almost like spiritual bypassing of like well there's abundance so why are you even so this is something that's been super healing to coming to connection with all the parts of me and and in, in receive parts of all of us that may have these embodied beliefs these embodied fears as well as tuning into a really healthy blueprint with money and Mm -hmm. and abundance for us all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, within that kind of blueprint of abundance, of healthy relating with money, there's abundance, there's sustainability, and there's generosity, right? And, And in that place, like, money can move and flow to where it needs to go to. So instead of these images of people hoarding, I kind of see an image of dragons sitting on top of a pile of gold, right? Instead of that, there's like circulation that happens. Resource goes to where it needs to go to. And that's what we need at a systemic level, right? So if we can begin to access that within ourselves, we are taking brave steps towards dismantling these bigger systems that don't work for us. Mm-hmm. don't work yeah. for anybody yeah except and for the, those that are sitting on top of their big piles of gold right yeah and just how important that is collectively that we're in a system that doesn't work within the abundant paradigm and I love the way you framed it around hoarding and this being a trauma response in itself and thinking of those that are sat multi-billionaires with I think it's even I read recently around there's a few that have more money themselves than half of Americans Mm-hmm. and so just just noticing like you know when I say that discomfort in my body as we acknowledge like that this system isn't built on an abundance or, or health and what we're actually being born into 
yeah certainly certainly not representative of any generosity right mm-hmm. deep 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 scarcity wounding yeah yeah so this is why I feel so grateful that I found your work yeah and coming back to how I introduced you at the beginning just I found your work before I invested all my money in with someone out of the urgency culture or out of a, an embodied emergency response and, and how you've helped me heal my attachment with money as a relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so deep deep gratitude for you Catherine it's been yeah life-changing this work mm-hmm. it really has mm-hmm. um, yeah and I would love to share I'll share in the show notes anyway your assets and resources but where can people most find you where's the easiest place for people to find you well, I mean, I've got a website, so that's probably an easy place to be found. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, depending on people's social media preferences. And all of those places have up-to-date information about what's available and different ways in which you can work with me. I just released, it was my 50th birthday just before Christmas, and I created a meditation bundle for people, which teaches some of the basic skills to open to receive more And so if people are kind of wanting a taste of my work, that could be an interesting place to start. And then obviously I've got the Receive group program where people can come and join. And the next iteration of that starts on the 15th of February, 2023. So we're enrolling now for that program. And then there's one-to-one work that's still available with me. That's kind of, I'm beginning to lessen how many clients I take on in that capacity. And of course, there's all the free content, which I regularly put out there which people can engage with Mm, yeah thank you and I really recommend the free content and the resources as they're so beneficial in themselves Mm -hmm. yeah so really recommend people to to head over and yeah thank you so much for your time today I so appreciate it and Mm. how you even had this conversation and exploring what can be such a vulnerable topic money Mm. and something that often doesn't always feel safe to talk about so yeah, really honouring this conversation and in deep gratitude. Thank you so much, Catherine. Oh, thanks so much, Madeline, for inviting me on to talk about one of my favourite topics. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining me and co-creating this community together. I am so grateful you are here. 